0: Welcome to Repeats History guys. Uh, let's get started on episode number 2. Topic for today is is a character from uh, ancient Egypt that I personally find to be one of the most interesting people of all of the ancient world or all of history. He's credited to be the world's really the world's first archaeologist and he lived almost 4000 years ago. His name is Kimwaset and he was a prince and son of Ramses II. Ramses II uh, is otherwise known as Ramses the Great. He's probably the most outside of Tutankhamun. He's probably the most widely uh, well-known uh, Egyptian kings. And and I use just as an aside, I use the word king instead of pharaoh for a reason. It's it the w- word pharaoh is really not a term that the ancient Egyptians used until much later in their history and it relates more to the palace than it does the actual king himself. So I always try to reference uh Egyptian kings by terms that would have been relevant in their own culture. It's actually also why I tend to use uh ancient Egyptian names for the kings instead of their commonly known Greek names as well. So for example, uh, I use Khufu instead of Cheops, uh, or uh, Khafre instead of Kefrin. Uh, the ancient Egyptians believed that their name actually held some power as it relates to the success of their soul in the afterlife, so I figure what the heck I'll uh, at least give them that much respect. But anyway, let's get started on uh, the super interesting Egyptian prince from the New Kingdom in the 19th dynasty. I was I was talking briefly about Ramses a second before I got a little bit distracted there. He's typically the guy that people associate uh, with the Exodus in Egypt, for which you know there's not any archaeological evidence at all. But uh, some of the towns or, or villages associated with his reign are mentioned in the Bible, so he does kind of have that linkage. But uh, maybe we'll explore it in a, in a later podcast uh... will explore the evidence surrounding the exodus or lack of it So, those especially familiar with ancient Egypt probably regard Prince Kim as the world's first archaeologist first historian and a restorer of monumental architecture you see his name all over Egypt even at Giza uh... at Saqqara as well his, his name uh... is inscribed on the pyramid of Unas uh mentioning his uh, restoration efforts there, and in the pyramid trench of Caffray, I believe it's on the north side uh, there's the leveling trench, how they needed to build his pyramid uh, on on a crop of uh, limestone that was not level, so they dug down I'd say like twenty five to thirty feet in the actual bedrock and along the walls. Yeah, I think it is the northern face of this trench. You can see uh, the name of Prince Kemwaset, where uh, he's referencing his efforts to restore monuments at Giza. So this has really been his claim to fame in popular writing on the subject of the 19th dynasty. He does come up quite often. But in studying the wider historical and social context, it does become possible to suggest that his actions were dictated equally by social norms as by personal desire. So it might not be that he actually stood out in ancient Egypt for his uh, high regard for history, but it may have been an actual enactment of the culture within which he lived, You know, uh, enacting the values that were more widely spread. Uh, widespread, it's just that he was in a position to address them. So he was the fourth son of King Ramses II after, and there's gonna be some names here that uh, I'm gonna have some trouble with, but uh, there, a couple of his brothers, his older brothers, were Amun, Amun-Hair uh Ramses B, and Pereher Wenemef. His mother was not Nefertari, who was uh Ramses II's principal wife, but rather a queen named Isis Nofret, who had previously mothered Ramses B. The genealogy of Ramses II's children can be confusing, but for our purposes here we'll just we'll just stick at that. Remember Ramses the Second I th- he had upwards of a hundred kids, and I'm not even exaggerating. And the tomb of his mother, Isis Nofret, I'm pretty sure this is uh i don't have it reference anywhere in my writing but it's it's sticking out in my memory that this uh a part of this tomb or a part of this pyramid was just recently found i'll try and uh, do a little bit of research online and see if i can post some pictures of that so he was likely born during the reign of seti I. And like his elder brothers, he, he would have been raised within this martial atmosphere, typical of the later portions of Seti's reign and the early reign of Ramses II. So this was a period of real military expansion. And the name of Seti I actually makes reference to this uh, attribute of the king. Uh, the god Set was associated with, with these chaotic... Events, and Ramses II, or sorry, <laughs> Seti I was this red-haired warrior king. and it was within this context that uh, Kim Waset was born. While he was only a teenager at the time, there are inscriptions from the temple of uh, Bierawali in Nubia suggesting that he took part in the famous Battle of Kadesh, the siege of code and the siege of dapur in modern syria i'm sure a lot of people have heard of the battle of kadesh and again this is one of those events that could probably have a whole episode dedicated to it but this was the battle of ancient history i don't think until maybe alexander the great there is any sort of parallel in terms of scale in terms of historical significance and how a single battle changed the course of history. So this was a battle undertaken by or led by Ramses II uh, against the Hittites in I think uh, what is now is uh, modern Turkey or it might have been in, in Syria. So he's actually depicted, Kemwaset is depicted as fighting in a chariot alongside his elder brother, Amenher Kepershev. And inscriptions indicate that he was intrinsically linked with the early military campaigns of his father. However, there's really nothing known of his military rank or individual rewards or actions. But unlike his father, Kemwaset would not become known as a great military leader, but rather uh, a sage somewhat on par with uh Horde de Jedef. Remember in the previous episode I mentioned him as a sage, he was actually a son of Khufu and was later regarded as uh, almost a philosopher but like a a more a a teacher of morality and Kim was later put into that same category maybe even as highly regarded as Emhotep as well. In the 16th year of his father's reign Kimwasa was appointed to the position of a sem priest of Ta at Memphis. So there's different uh, rankings of, of priesthoods, and basically three big ones, and a sem priest is one of those. So it was during this period that he was responsible for the burial of several apis bulls at Saqqara, and later the construction of the Serapium itself. The apis bull again, is one of those topics that we could explore in a whole hour or two, but it developed into really a whole cult of itself that was uh, related to Egyptian cosmology. And the Romans, even when they came, uh, started to incorporate the cult of the Apospol into their own um, belief system. I think there's a lot by uh, Pompey uh, surrounding the Pole as well. So it's Perhaps this accomplishment, his priesthood, more than any other which probably contributed to his reputation in later periods as this great magician, and one who, quote, knew the secrets of the kingship, unquote. But being better suited to the priesthood as opposed to the military as a scholar and antiquarian, Kemwaset flourished in this role, and even by his own time was looked very highly upon and revered for his intelligence his brothers, Ramses B and Marintah, who later became a king. And it's actually under the reign of uh, Marintah where we have the first evidence of the uh, Israelites as, as an identity themselves. Uh, Stella of uh, Marintah makes reference to how he absolutely destroyed them, laid waste to the, I think it's the seed of Israel or, or something similar. So Ramses B, and Marinta both became professional soldiers while Kemwaset really dove enthusiastically into his ritualistic role as a deputy to Hui, who was a high priest of Ta. So it's kind of important at this junction to clarify the duties of the Sem Priest of Ta and the role of the Apostle in the 19th Dynasty in order to better understand Kem apparent fixation with restoration work later undertaken all over Egypt, but specifically in the Memphite necropolis, which includes Giza, Saqqara, Abu Sir, Abu Rawash, Dashur, really the whole burial ground of, of the earlier kings. And in the, I guess in the, in the new kingdom, more and more uh, people start to be reburied, not reburied, but buried again in this necropolis. So there really is an abstract theology surrounding Ta as a patron god of Memphis, and this really perfectly suited the young cerebral prince. As a Sem priest attached to the temple at Ta which had to be just incredible, at Memphis, likely near the palace, Kemwaset's responsibilities would have included participation in mortuary, funerary rituals uh, undertaken in all of the Memphite necropolis the most important of these rituals during the burial of the apis bull so the apis bull was literally seen as a god king it was complete with its own palace this is a bull like a cow okay it had it, it had its own palace its own regal dress and it actually had a harem right <laughs> so this bull had this giant palace and they dressed it up all pretty, and it had a harem of other pretty cows. Not a bad life, eh? So, upon death, it was expected that the burial of the Apis Bull would fittingly correspond to, li- to its position in, in Egyptian society. So, very soon after Kim Wasatt had become appointed the sem-priest of the Apis Bull, the bull died. And the prince participated in the embalming and internment of the bull in the sacred cemetery of Saqqara. Fourteen years later, he was in charge of the entire proceedings of his second abbess bull burial. So, he, this is pretty important here in this second one, where he, he broke with tradition and buried the second bull in the same burial chamber as the first. It's actually the only Apis bowl ever recorded uh, to be discovered fully intact. This was uh, by Mariette. It was hereafter that Kemwas had decided to construct an entirely new set of chambers at Saqqara, which were specifically dedicated to the purpose of the Apis burial. And this is known now as a serapium. And this thing is giant. It would see continual use for nearly a thousand years. Thousand years, right into the seventh century B.C., and I mean, by this time Egypt was really Persian, so the, it had seen active service for almost half of the entire time that the Egyptian civilization existed. Definitely through its its peak in the New Kingdom. So, as a Sem priest. Was responsible for the rituals associated with f- the funerary activities within this area of of Ta's influence as the patron god of Memphis, which you know would have included all of the Memphite necropolis. And as Kimwaset was serving in this position, he had detailed and personal experience with the Memphite necropolis. So it's. Somewhat obvious to note his (laughs) motivations for professional and even perhaps personal concern for the state of the monuments within his religious jurisdiction, right? With Egypt recently exiting three significant periods of social discord, so we have the expulsion of the Hiskos, the aftermath of Hatshepsut's reign, and the Amarna period with Akhenaten, the Aten, and all of that followed by a period of dedicated military expansion, right, through uh, Seti I and his own father, there would have been, on the part of Kemwaset a very compelling desire to re-emphasize the period of Egyptian history, which was, at his time, deemed the most glorious. And that would have been the Old Kingdom. And how could it not be? Could you imagine seeing, like, the pyramids of Khufu, Khafre, Minkare, even those of, of Sneferu, as a New Kingdom Prince knowing that your ancestors had made these incredible achievements over a thousand years prior. So as someone who's responsible for cultic activities in the area where these existed, it's it's kind of easy to understand how he would have this desire to reinitiate the glories of his forefathers. So. You can speculate that this was probably the primary concern with uh, the construction of Seti the uh, Seti the first more archaic style megalithic project at Abydos uh, they called the Osirian, and this is really cool, it's actually below ground and if you've seen the valley temple of Khafre those huge multi-ton megalithic blocks Seti the first really constructed this temple on the back side of his uh of his own temple dedicated to osiris at uh, abydos um he really constructed it with the old kingdom in mind like it's very obvious it's it's not new kingdom construction uh practices i guess it's it's it if you looked at it removed from its context you would think okay this is an old kingdom temple so on the front side of the osirian which was Seti's temple I was just referencing, it's his own temple, uh, I guess his own cultic temple. And inside this temple, there's a really, really, really detailed king's list. There's maybe five that we know of, and they're all incomplete. But this one's pretty, pretty complete. And in the temple, so there, there, there's the king's list, and this king's list is absolutely Freaking beautiful, man! Like it is, the preservation is is really awesome, and it, it lists from pre-dynastic uh, mythological times, the kings of Egypt all the way up until the uh current reign of of his father Ramses the Second. So, just to find my train of thought here again. His endeavor to repair and associate himself and his father with the most enduring monuments and characters of the Old Kingdom must be viewed within this socio-historical context, right? So you have to think of the events prior to this reign and the turmoil that Egypt was in, and then Egypt comes out and it's trying to find its balance again, and... And reinitiate its linkage with past periods of, of glory. So it wasn't only those intimately linked to the king who viewed the old kingdom with reverence, obviously. We actually have graffiti from those belonging to, I guess, what we could call the middle class of Ramses II's reign. And this has been found all over the Memphite necropolis. So remember, when I say Memphite necropolis, I'm talking Giza. Sakara, Dashur, Abu Rawash, Abusir. And I guess you could go even further south a little bit. So this graffiti, here's one example. It belongs to the treasury scribe, and his name was Hadnakt, And it reads, quote, Year 47, second month of winter, day 25. So this was January, 1,232 B.C. The secretary scribe had knocked. Son of Tenezro and Ten Terusert came to take a stroll and enjoy himself in the west of Memphis, along with his brother Panakt. He said, "Oh, all you gods in the west of Memphis and glorified dead, grant me a lifetime in serving your good pleasure, a goodly burial after a happy old age like yourself." So you can see how even in the middle class of of everyday Egypt, people viewed the Western Memphite necropolis, not Western, but uh, the West of Memphis in the necropolis as this, this realm of, of beauty. So you can also see that the land itself and everyone who was buried in it was seen as sacred, which might still be called upon to influence the life of those living during that time. So this is what kind of culturally motivated Kemwaset to carry out conservation work on the tombs of, let's see here, we got Djoser, so the Step pyramid and the pyramid complex, Khufu, which was probable according to Herodotus, Kafre, so Khufu's son, Menkare, uh, Kafre's son, Shepsis Kaf, Yuzir Kaf, Zare, uh, Nisre, and Unez. Remember, Unas, in the previous episode, I mentioned his pyramid being the first in Egyptian history that included the pyramid text, which later evolved into the coffin text and then the Book of the Dead. So, inscribed uh, actually on the Pyramid of Unas, just over the, uh, the entrance, which I think, yeah, it is just over the entrance. Here's a quote, which was inscribed by Kemwaset. Waset. Inscribe the name of the king of Upper and Lower Egypt, Unas since it was not found on the face of the pyramid, because the priest, Prince Kamwaset, loved to restore the monuments of the kings of Upper and Lower Egypt. So in addition to that, he also rebuilt the Temple of Ta. He cataloged royal and temple libraries, and restored the tombs of really significant Old Kingdom nobles like Kawab, who is actually a a son of Khufu. And again, I would really like to do an episode on the sons of Khufu there, Really uh, interesting figures. Kawab actually was the crown prince of Egypt prior to his death, and there's some kind of hint that Khafre might have played a role in the death of Kawab in order to take the kingship. It's, I mean, that's 80% speculation, but it's you know the tantalizing clues are there. So on the uh, statue of Kawab. Kemwaset inscribed hereditary prince, he of the curtain, dignitary and vizier. So he's he's assigning a Kawab the position of vizier. Around throne. So it is the chief directing artisans, which were the high priests of Ta in Memphis, and Sem priest, the King's son Kemwaset, who is glad over this statue of the king's son Kawab. So it's interesting that. Uh, Kemwasat actually has the knowledge a thousand years later that Kawab was the son of Khufu. So this whole genealogy was understood by the priests of Egypt even a thousand years after. And we didn't even, actually we're still trying to figure it all out. So he was glad over this statue of the king's son, Kawab, who took it from what was cast away for debris of his father, the king of south and the king of north Egypt, Khufu. So it's, it sounds like the whole area of uh, uh, just south of Khufu's pyramid where the mastabas of Kawab were, that it was all just full of debris, and uh, Kemwasat went in, collected all the debris, and made efforts to restore it. So it continues, Then the sem-priest and king's son Kemwaset decreed that it be given a place of favor in God's company with the excellent and blessed spirits at the head of the spirit, the Ka, chapel of rot So this was the uh, the ancient Egyptian uh, name for the Giza plateau. Greatly did he love the antiquity and the noble folk who were aforetime, along with the excellence of all that were made, and so well and repeatedly a million times. These things shall be for all life, stability and prosperity, enduring upon earth. For the chief directing artisans and priests the king's son Kemwaset after he has re-established all cult procedures of this temple, which had fallen into oblivion in the remembrance of men, he had dug a pool before the noble sanctuary, and I'm wondering what the noble sanctuary was, in work agreeing with his wishes while pure channels existed for the purity and to bring lib- libations from of Kafre that he may attain the status of given life. So what we have here, actually, I mean, it's, it's interesting for a couple of reasons, just the reverence that he gives to uh, Kawa, but also uh, hints that there was some kind of um, water source that had pure water associated with Kafray. So I'm not sure what that might actually be in reference to. But to continue here, in the, in the 52nd year of Ramses II's reign, Uh, The crown prince, Ramses B, died. So now we have a bit of a succession crisis, and Kemwaset came in and took his place and was set to become king of Egypt upon the death of his father, Ramses II. But in the 55th year, Kemwaset died, and he was buried at Saqqara, which was fitting because he kind of dedicated his whole life to its maintenance. In addition to his conservation work, though, and his oversight of ceremonies related to the Apis Bowl, he also planned several of his father's Heb Sed festivals. These were symbolically re-establishing the vitality of the king every two years after the 30th year. We have really early references to it, uh, namely like the main court of the uh, Pyramid Complex of Djoser at Saqqara, the Step Pyramid, that whole front area. Was the Heb Sed courtyard? So the the king would come with all of his officials and be tasked to like run around the court uh, and perform several rituals to prove that he still had the vitality to lead Egypt. I guess there's hints that in early Egyptian history, kings that couldn't perform these Heb Sed festivals with the success were actually executed. But uh, I'm not sure what the evidence of that is. So he had eventually become the high priest of ta succeeding hui uh actually in a couple others and that is a very high ranking position associated with the not only egypt itself but specifically with with lower egypt and the memphite necropolis and actually memphis as a whole so shortly after his death his kemwaset's own son who is named ramses would father would uh <laughs> follow in his father's footsteps, and likewise serve as, as the High Priest of Ta. This a bit of a shorter episode here, but just to finish up, so while Kim Wasat is generally given credit for being the first to make efforts to preserve the monuments of Egypt, there really was a growing appreciation uh, for Egypt's history and the general public of the period as well. And you can see this evidence by the graffiti I, I mentioned earlier. But there's also an offering basin of, the guy's name was Amenwasu. washu uh, he, he was buried in Theban tomb 111. He was a temple scribe. And it shows him and his wife, uh, Louis, uh, who was a, a chantress of Bast. They're adorning the statue of Teddy. Remember Teddy? Uh, he uh, was buried at Saqqara, the 6th dynasty founder. And he had those beautiful pyramid texts. It is likely that Kemwasat's campaign to restore monuments from antiquity was, was not only a unique passion for history, but likely a widespread product of, of cultural need to re-identify with these glorious deeds of the past. And it was apparently present through various levels of society at the time. So it's it's a good indication of how the ancient Egyptians were very much aware of the history of their own society and if the evidence surrounding camoaset's efforts at giza with kawab or any indication they had really really solid understanding of their own history uh the uh like i said the uh uh tomb or or i think it was a, a painting a piece of painting from Uh, The tomb of of Kim Wasett's mother was recently found, so I'll try and include that in the links. But I hope you guys uh, found this interesting. It was only 30 minutes, but this guy's really one of the most interesting characters from ancient Egypt, and I would really uh, suggest, if you're interested, to dig a little deeper and uh, find out more about his life. There's, There's a lot more, so like I said, I hope everyone found this interesting, and I'll see everyone with the next episode.